So we are uh, continuing on in this series uh, that we start on an Ash Wednesday called Who is Jesus? And uh, throughout this series, we're simply looking at different aspects of Jesus and who he is and his, his life so as to um, truly grasp a little bit more clearly who Jesus is and what he has done and, and be able to share that information with other people. And, and so throughout this series, uh, so far, we've looked at how Jesus, we've looked at Jesus and his controversial identity, right? That he is God. And we looked at last week at uh, Jesus and his extraordinary accessibility. Today, we're going to look at the fact that Jesus is a transformational teacher. Because without a doubt, Jesus is the greatest communicator who ever walked the planet. And in fact, statistically speaking, the Gospels, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are the best written um, literature. They are the best works of literature ever written. And people, they are read by more people. They are translated by more, are quoted by more authors. They are translated into more languages. They are represented in more works of art. They are set to more songs than anything else. And yet Jesus' words are great, not just because they have this statistical edge. No, they are read more, quoted more, loved more, believed more, translated more, because his words simply are amazing. The people, after they heard Jesus teach, they were just stunned. In Matthew 13, for example, it says it this way. It says, Jesus began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were astonished. Where did this man get this wisdom, they asked. Or in Matthew 22, after the religious leaders had cross-examined Jesus, it says that the surrounding crowd, look at this, they marveled at his teaching. Or in John 7, after the temple guards had been sent to arrest Jesus, they returned to the religious leaders and they say this. They said, no one ever spoke the way this man does. So clearly, when Jesus taught, people were amazed. And, and, and because they were so astonished at what he had to say, it, people would travel for miles from different towns. Sometimes they would travel for days just to hear him teach. But why? You know, what was it about Jesus and he, what he had to say that would cause people to stop what they were doing, take time off from work, and sit in the hot sun sometimes for hours just to listen to him? What was it about Jesus that made him a transformational teacher? Well, first of all, and you just heard it a moment ago in that video clip, Jesus taught with authority. Okay, what does that mean? It means that when Jesus spoke, people listened because they recognized a sense of decisiveness or command and power behind his words. When Jesus would announce, you have heard that it was said, he'd follow it up with, but I say to you this. As if to say, what you've heard previously doesn't really matter compared to what I'm going to tell you right now. Right? He had authority in his words. Or he would say, truly, truly, I say to you, as if to announce, okay, this is the last word on the subject, so listen up. <laughs> and people did. In, in Mark 1, it says that people were all so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority. When people heard Jesus teach, they believed that they felt as though they had just heard a word from God, which of course is absolutely true. And the Gospel of John talks about how Jesus was the word of God made flesh, right? 
So people were in awe of Jesus because he spoke like no one else. In Matthew 7, it says the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Jesus taught with authority. Second reason, though, why Jesus was such a transformational teacher is that he spoke graphically. See, Jesus understood that as human beings, we think and listen better with pictures and images. So he spoke graphically. And one of the ways by which he taught graphically was by, by painting verbal pictures. For example, let me just have you imagine this scenario. And, and what I'm going to share is going to sound very similar to a story that Jesus tells in Matthew 7. But just imagine this scenario. Imagine Jesus, he's got a group of listeners, and he says to them, I want you to picture in your mind the best location for your dream home. Okay, can you imagine that, 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 uh, that location in your mind? And the people are like, yeah, we, we've got one in our minds, okay. And Jesus said, okay, all right, quick, just quick show of hands. How many of you chose a nice, soft, sandy beach upon which to build your dream home? And the people would chuckle and laugh, and they say, well, that's silly, Jesus. I mean, who would build their dream home on a beach with the pounding surf and the next storm? The house would be destroyed. Pieces would be floating in the ocean. And Jesus would say, exactly. And just as it would be foolish for you to build your dream home on a nice, soft, sandy beach, it's just as foolish for you to think that you can face the storms of life without the rock-solid truths of my word. And that people would be listening like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. And Jesus would say, right. So don't just listen to the words that I'm teaching you. Build your life on them. Put them into practice. Apply them. Use them to guide your decisions and to live your life. Now, again, what I just shared with you is very similar to that story that Jesus teaches in Matthew 7 about the house on the sand and the rock. But the point is that the people understood what Jesus was teaching because he painted verbal pictures for them. It's a powerful teacher. Second, Jesus also taught graphically in this other way. He did it by telling relatable stories. You know, we read the stories in the Bible that Jesus taught, and, and they can kind of seem a little, well, they seem a little odd, right? I mean, we read about wheat and chaff. What is, what is that anyway? And, you know, we read about vineyards and towers, what, and, and sheep. I don't know much about sheep. I know they're cute. Other than that, what is, so we just, we forget the fact that when Jesus spoke, he was speaking to people about things that were current for their time, okay? So they could relate to it. So what does that mean? It means that if Jesus were teaching us today, he would bring those, those same stories in a way that would be current for us. So for example, let's just pretend that Jesus was teaching us today the story of the prodigal son, right? Very familiar story. In Luke 15, though, it has different words. Yeah, I, I think Jesus would teach it differently than he, he did in Luke 15. For example, he'd say something like this. He'd say, there was a wealthy businessman who owned a beautiful multi-million dollar estate on the shores of Lake Erie in the Bratnell area. Beautiful home. This man has two sons. One day, the younger son comes up to his dad. He says, Dad, I want you to cash out my J.P. Morgan trust fund because I got big plans for that money. And so he does. And so the son rents this luxurious penthouse apartment downtown, kind of near the flats, beautiful area. And he lives life in the fast lane. 
And before he knows it, the money is gone. He blows through the money in a matter of weeks. Now this young man is broke and he's got to pay off his debtors. So he takes on a job as a, as a janitor in a small grungy bar, kind of in the stockyards neighborhood area. And he's just got enough money to pay off those debtors. He doesn't have enough money to place to, to sleep or eat. So he's sleeping on the streets. He's scrounging up whatever garbage he can find to eat. It's awful. And as Jesus is telling this story today, he'd say, then one day the guy wakes up and he says, wait a minute, my dad's gardener lives better than me. What if I go to my dad and say, hey, dad, if I cut the lawn, do you think it'd be okay if I just sleep in the attic space above the garage and maybe get a little food to eat? I wonder if he'd be okay with that. So, you know, he, he goes ahead and he hitchhikes as far as he can. And then he walks the rest of the way home. And as he's walking home, he's, he's starting to get a little nervous. He's starting to think, what if my dad explodes in anger? What if he calls the cops and has me arrested? A lot of what ifs are going through his mind. And it's just as he's walking into the apron of this long, windy driveway, his father sees him from the house, sprints down the driveway, hugs him, kisses him. And he says, son, it is so good to have you back home. And he, the son interrupts his dad. He says, dad, dad, I blew it. I was wrong. I don't deserve to be your son, but you know, I'll cut your lawn if you just let me stay in this little attic space above the garage and maybe have a little food to eat. And his father backs off. He says, wait, what are you talking about? No, 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 you're my son. Come on, go in, take a shower. You need a shower. And there's some fresh clothes, get, you know, get changed. We're going out. We're going to celebrate because you are back home where you belong. And if Jesus were teaching that story today, he'd look at us and he'd say, that is how my heavenly father receives any wayward sinner. With open, forgiving, gracious arms, he will welcome you back. So repent of your sin and come home. See, that's how amazing of a teacher Jesus was and still is. Right? He was a transformational teacher because whether he was painting verbal pictures or telling relatable stories, he taught graphically. But third, Jesus was a transformational teacher because he also taught in practical terms. Ways that people could understand as well. But he was just, when Jesus taught, he fully expected people to take his words and put them to work. So he'd say, stop stealing and start working honestly. Or he'd say, stop being so greedy and start being more generous toward God and the people around you. All right, you know, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, care for the afflicted, pay special attention to little children and widows, seek first the kingdom of God. On and on he would go. Right? As this transformational teacher, Jesus shows you clearly how to think, act, and live as one of his followers. And that's huge. But just, just, Jesus just laid it out for the people. He'd say, this is where you came from. You were made in the image of a personal God. This is who you are. You are a stained image of that creator God. You are a sinner. This is what you need. You need someone to save you from that stain of your sin and guilt. And this is what you have. You have a savior, a loving savior who's willing to die for you and to uh, earn the forgiveness that you need. Here's what happens after the grave, resurrection and eternal life. Here's how you get to heaven. Believe in me. Here's how you get to hell. Reject God's gift of grace and love and don't believe in me. Between now and heaven, here's how you're supposed to live. 
right? That's what Jesus would say. Here's how you're supposed to act toward the people that are in your neighborhood or at work or at school or whatever. Here's how you, here's how you build your marriage. Here's how you raise your family. Here's how you develop a relationship. Again, on and on in very practical terms, just, Jesus just laid it out step by step. No wonder people followed him. And what's amazing is that even though Jesus taught 2,000 years ago, he says these powerful words in Matthew 24. Look at this. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So what does that mean? It means that Jesus is still teaching even today. And he will continue to teach till the end of time. Uh, granted, he may not be here in the flesh like he was 2,000 years ago, but he still has the capacity to teach you even now. And there are, of course, many ways by which Jesus can do that. The most common way, of course, is through the Bible, right? If you want to be taught by Jesus, just like the people were 2,000 years ago, you pick up that book or you open up the app on your phone and you read it. Seriously, and it doesn't have to be a lot of time, maybe 10 minutes a day, but every day, read it. I mean, one or two chapters. And here's why I say that. Because for those of you who are sitting here, those of you watching online right now, my guess is that some of you may need a word from God, even now, or maybe especially now. Maybe you need a word from God of comfort and peace. Maybe it's a word of encouragement and approval. Maybe it's a word of forgiveness and assurance. I don't know. But all I do know is that if you want Jesus to teach you today, he is willing and able to do that. All you got to do is pick up that book or open up that phone app and read it. It's right there. Psalm 119 says, I gain understanding from your precepts. Or 2 Timothy 3, this is the passage Laura read just a moment ago. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's incredible. But that's the Bible for you. The Bible is, without a doubt, the primary way by which God communicates and teaches you today. Right? So it can transform your life. It can. And God wants to teach you. God wants to, to give you the word that you might need to today, but you got to read it. Because that's the primary way by which Jesus teaches you today. Another way, which is also very common, though, is that sometimes Jesus teaches you through other Christians. So he doesn't go through the word. He goes through other believers. Many of you are familiar with the story of King David and how he committed adultery with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, right? Well, David knew it was wrong, and he could have read in the scrolls of Scripture that commandment says, do not commit adultery, but he didn't do that. So God sent a person, a prophet named Nathan. And you can read in 2 Samuel 12 about how, how, um, Nathan, how God communicates to David through Nathan the word that God wants David to hear. And God will do that. I can honestly tell you some of the most cherished words that I've received from Jesus in my life have come from conversations with other Christian friends, um, family members, staff, my wife. First Thessalonians says, when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, 
but as it actually is, the word of God. See, Jesus wants you to develop close relationships with other believers because it may very well be that God will use them to speak the word to you that he wants you to hear. So as it says in Hebrews 10, let us not give up meeting together as Christians, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And actually, if you want just a practical tip on how to do this, let me just share this suggestion. My guess is that this week you have, well, you'll eat at least five lunches, if not more. Why not just take one of those and have it with one of your Christian friends? Or maybe it's breakfast or coffee, but open that opportunity for God to speak to you through them. And better yet, join a small group. Join a small group. Why? Because they meet regularly, you know, every week or every other week, and you have multiple Christian friends then who can speak God's word to you with all kinds of opportunities there. And if you're not a part of a small group, let me encourage you to get on our website and sign up or just call the church office. We will connect you to a small group because that is sometimes how God speaks to you as well. He teaches you, Jesus teaches you through other Christians. Now, let me also remind you, sometimes Jesus wants to use you as a conduit to speak his word to somebody else. And I know that can kind of be a little unnerving, a little intimidating, uh, and especially if somebody, you're, you're having a conversation and they have questions about God's word or, or what God might be doing in their life or what's happening to them. And, and that can be kind of like, ah, I don't know what to say. In those moments, here's what I, I would pray Seriously, I do this all the time. When, when you're, even as you're talking, I'm praying, God, help me to say what you want them to hear. Hey, that answer, the answer to that is always gonna be a yes. It's amazing. The, the, sometimes an idea pops into my mind. Sometimes I say something that's really reassuring and I hear that, I'm like, wow, that was really good. But that was God, right? That wasn't me, <laughs> that wasn't me. So ask, right? Ask, Because in Luke 12, verse 12, it says, the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. It may not always be deep or profound, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes the word that God is going to speak through you to somebody else is just a word of understanding. I hear you. Or love or comfort, whatever. All right, third way by which Jesus speaks to us today. From time to time, Jesus teaches directly. All right, so it's not through the Bible or through you know, they're Christians. He just goes the direct route with his Holy Spirit. And that may seem kind of strange, but the fact of the matter is sometimes Jesus chooses to take that route. In Romans 8, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So sometimes during a given day, Sometimes, and you might be at work, you might be at home, you might be taking a walk, you might be eating, you might be reading a book. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just puts this impression upon your heart and he communicates something that he wants you to know. And this has happened to me. I've been driving my car or I've been sitting in a boat fishing in a lake. Uh, Sometimes I'm laying in my bed because I can't go to sleep. and, And the Holy Spirit testifies with my spirit and simply says, John, you're mine and I love you. And it's like, Oh, that is so powerful. And and he can do that for you as well. Maybe he'll say something like, uh, I know you're feeling uptight, but I don't want you to worry because I've got everything under control. 
Or, you know, maybe he'll say to you, hey, I saw what you just did. That was so awesome. Well done, my good and faithful servant, right? He just kind of puts that impression. Or maybe it's like, oh, hey, what you're about to do is wrong. What you're about to think, that's don't go there. What you're about to say, don't, don't cross that line. That would be wrong. Or maybe he'll just give this impression like, yeah, I saw what you did and that was wrong. But I also heard your confession. And I want you to know that because of Jesus' suffering and death on the cross, you are forgiven, right? God loves you and he's washed away the stain of your sin. So let's, let's just start over. Right? Sometimes Jesus just teaches you and speaks to you directly like that. Sometimes he knows you need this word of his presence I'm right here or his approval or his comfort or his forgiveness or his love or whatever. Sometimes he just speaks directly to you through his Holy Spirit like that. As Jesus says in John 14, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things. And here it is, remind you of everything I've said to you. Sometimes he just puts those impressions into your heart and your mind. And, and, and right now, maybe you're sitting here or watching online and you're thinking, I've never had that happen. I've never had that happen ever. But I'm here to tell you, it can happen. And it will as you grow and mature. All right, it, it can because Jesus is still teaching today. And when you, when you take and listen to his words and, and when you apply those words, your transformational teacher will instruct you and guide you so that you can stand firm so that you can enjoy God's blessings. And he will do that. Why? Because that's who Jesus is. He is a transformational teacher. So let me just challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First of all, let me challenge you to connect with God by taking 10 minutes to a day, each day, to read his word. Right, whether it's through the Bible or your phone app, I use the Read Scripture app. I've shared that with you before, but it has a plan. And I love that because it takes me through the Bible in a year. I'm on my third time through the Bible with that app. It's awesome. But get into God's word every day, just 10 minutes, okay? Because why? Then Jesus has an opportunity to teach you directly through his word like that. Second, join a small group so that you can learn of more of God's word from others. Again, if you aren't in a group, sign up. Go to our website or call the church office, whatever is easier, and, and we will connect you to a group because sometimes God wants to teach you through the words of other believers. And then third, listen actively. Actively listen for, for how Jesus might be teaching you directly. Right? Actively listen because Jesus is constantly whispering into your heart and into your mind his words. And, and, and he's just doing that to remind you he's there, he loves you, and yes, he's teaching you even today. All right, let's pray about that. Would you, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for still teaching us today, whether it's through your word, the Bible, or other believers, or directly through your spirit. Thank you for those precious promises. And I simply ask that you would allow us to be listening for you this week in whatever way, shape, or form it may come. Jesus, we love you. We pray all this in your great name. And all God's people said, amen. Now, before I go, I just want to take a quick minute to speak to you about something else. Uh, I, while it is true that for the most part, I think the pandemic, the majority of it is behind us, 
There are certainly um, a, a number of things that are going on in our world that are leaving us feeling maybe a little anxious or uncertain. The whole thing with Ukraine, uh, inflation, gas prices. And all I want to do is remind you, like I did two years ago at the start of the pandemic, God's still on his throne right? He's still in control. It's still his plan. It's his planet, okay? And he will guide us through whatever uncertainties we might face as a congregation. He will help us overcome whatever obstacles may come our way. He will, he will continue to provide us with what we need to continue to do the work, the ministry that he has entrusted to our care as a congregation. And I share that because um, over the last two months, I've just noticed that our, our giving trend has been going down. And, and I am so thankful. You are such a generous, loving congregation. I mean, for crying out loud, we are, for the last two years, our giving has grown during a pandemic. It has grown. That's amazing. And I am thankful that you are so faithful, that you are so loving, that you are so compassionate for the ministry of Christ. But so, so let me just challenge you. Let me just encourage you to continue to be strong and courageous and maybe even sacrificial in your giving, okay? Especially in light of the fact that prices may continue to go up. Let me encourage you to be bold and faithful, knowing full well that when resources slow down, it slows down our ability to do ministry. I mean, there's a ministry that we see that we would love to engage in, and, and we can't yet. So you know, it, it slows down our ability to help the people who really need our help at this time. Right? They are, there's still so many people who are in need. So just understand, okay, the, the more resources we have, the more we can do. And, and so I just, you know, as members of this family called Royal Redeemer, I just, I want to challenge you to remember what God's word says, right? To be cheerful givers, certainly, but also to excel at giving. And that's my prayer, that you would be both, that you would be, um, that, that you would be faithful and generous, sacrificial if need be, but that all the while you would face each day with the certainty where God says this, where Paul says in Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your needs, not some of them, okay? Not just if, you know, the ones that are easy to meet, but all of them. You can trust God. This is, he, he's in control. He will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Okay, there is ministry that we would love to do and, and, and we're looking forward to it. We're moving in that direction, but let's be bold. Let's continue to be courageous. Let's continue to be faithful. Let's continue to be um, strong and sacrificial so that we can do the work that God has laid before us and, and, and be the blessing that God has created us to be. All right, let's pray about that. Would you pray with me again? Let's pray again. Father, you hold all things in your hands. You do. And we know that. And we thank you for the opportunity and the privilege that you have given to us to carry out the incredible ministry that is done here in your name. Lord, make us bold and courageous in our giving. Empower us to trust in your ability to meet all our needs. And allow all that we do to point even more people to your love and grace for them in Jesus. We love you and we pray this in his great name. Amen.